Welcome back to the program. A novel by our guest, Edwige Danticat, is always a special event. Her new novel, Claire of the Sea Light, is set in a small seaside town in Haiti, where a little girl, the daughter of a fisherman, has gone missing. Claire's mother died in childbirth, and her father wonders if he should give away his young daughter to a local shopkeeper who could give Claire a better life. Before he can make his decision, she disappears. Edwige Danticat is the author of numerous books, including Brother, I'm Dying, which won the National Book Critics Circle Award, as well as Breath, Eyes, Memory, The Farming of Bones, and The Dew Breaker. She is a recipient of a MacArthur Fellowship, and it is my pleasure to welcome Edwidge Danticat back to this program to talk about Claire of the Sea of Light. Edwidge, thanks so much for joining us. It's working. Well, yeah, no, you sound pretty good, so I think we'll go with this. It's, this. A, it's just working internally, you know. Right. This, so is that, how, is that, how does this sound? This sounds good. This is definitely better than the hotel phone was. All right. Okay. Can you hear me all right, Edwin? I Yes, I can hear you. I can hear you very well. Good. All right. Well, let's go with this then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure. And you're doing an event tomorrow night right here in San Francisco. It's a KPFA event at the First Congregational Church in Berkeley. Yes. Okay, great. I'll mention that. Well, I have to say it? Oh, you know. No, I'll I'll say it. I'll take care of it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, here we go. Welcome back to the program. A novel by our guest, Edwige Danticat, is always a special event. Her new novel, Claire of the Sea Light, is set in a small seaside town in Haiti, where a little girl, the daughter of a fisherman, has gone missing. Claire's mother died in childbirth, and her father wonders if he should give away his young daughter to a local shopkeeper who could give Claire a better life. Before he can make his decision, she disappears. Edwige Danticat is the author of numerous books, including Brother, I'm Dying, which won the National Book Critics Circle Award, as well as Breath, Eyes, Memory, The Farming of Bones, and The Dew Breaker. She is a recipient of a MacArthur Fellowship, and it is my pleasure to welcome Edwidge Danticat back to this program to talk about Claire of the Sea of Light. Edwidge, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you very much for having me. A delight to have you here. I want to talk about this idea that I think is is difficult for a lot of people to understand emotionally, even though they might understand it intellectually, this idea of, of giving a, essentially giving away a child, giving up a child as an act of love, as an act of caring, and realizing that, that there are larger responsibilities. Talk a little about that, Edwish. Well, I think it is something that happens all over the world, and it's perhaps happening in, in this very moment that we're speaking, where a parent who has lost the ability to care for their children or or, are unable to do it. Something was taken away uh, financially or otherwise, and they decide that um, someone else uh, would be better able to take care of that child. I mean, it's it's, uh, perhaps hard to imagine in this part of the world, but it's something that happens a lot where people have to travel, uh, leave their, their country, of origin for work for other reasons, and um, and have to make this very difficult choice. 
part of what goes along with that is a belief in the larger community that's left behind. The idea that, that, that we say almost as a cliche sometimes about it taking a village is, is the truth, that it does take a whole community to come together sometimes. Yes. Anybody who uh, is a parent, I think, totally understands that the, this African proverb about, about it taking a village and and sometimes two villages here. Um, and if the situation is you know economically difficult, politically difficult, if there are outside forces pressing on people, that's even more. Um, it's even more true. And I think also our notion of a uh, family um, in in different parts of the world. You know, certainly in Haiti, where I come from, it's so much more extended. So a family is not necessarily just your mother, your father, your brother, your sister. There's a, an extended family, a community that feels um, as much responsible for the child as um, as the the, the parents. And also, we have uh, in this country and in other places system of adoptions that are more informal, where um, uh, a child might not be able to to, to take care of of, of a baby, and then the grandmother and other family members step in. So it's also, I mean, it also demands this notion of it taking a village. It also demands a broader and, and I think ultimately a healthier definition of, of family. There's no question, though, that there's a certain amount of, of pain that's often involved in that for both parent and child, and that there's a realization that they're both suffering together to have a better life for the child. When resources are, are limited or depleted all the time or always in danger, I mean, everybody has to, to pitch in. Everybody has to, to put in a, a piece together in the child and you know, it becomes the child of everybody. Talk a little bit about your own upbringing. We've talked about it before here when you've been on the program, but, but how that mirrors in some ways some of these ideas that we're talking about. Well, my um, my parents, my father, when I was two years old, um, left Haiti for the United States, and my mother joined him um, two years later. And I was raised by my uncle and my aunt in, in, in Port-au-Prince uh, for eight years. And when I was um, 12, I uh, came here to the United States to rejoin my parents who were working in New York. So... Um, I, I spent a lot of my early childhood without my without my parents in a house full of children like me, whose um, parents were were working abroad. So, in a way, I I had experienced this. I I, I suppose as a child, I wasn't given away, you know. But I I was without my parents. And how did you, I mean, as a child even, see the, the larger community, all the other people that were, were part of the community that you interacted with? It was like, as you said before, an extended family. Absolutely. And, and add to that to the fact, too, that my uncle Joseph and his uh, wife, my aunt Denise, were sort of a, a part of a pastoral family. My uncle was a minister of a, a, a rather large congregation about, you know, at that time, uh, 200 people. And so that was also our family. And and everybody sort of looked after us. And he was uh, also offering the model that while parenting us, 
he was a member of the community. He had the church. He had a school. He had a a, a clinic. Uh, so it was, you know, it was just how it was that we're also in this very poor area of town where people looked after one another. Tell us a little bit about how this plays out in Claire of the Sea Light and, and, and a little bit about some of the characters, some of the stories that, that interweave within the book. Well, when I started writing Claire of the Sea Light, I thought I was writing a book about the radio. So I wanted to write this novel where every chapter was an episode of a radio show. That was initially what I thought. So the radio um, plays a big part in the book. And um, while it's Claire's story, this triangle of Claire and, and her parents and eventually the woman that might adopt her, it's also the story of this town, Ville Rose, which is modeled after um, uh, Leogan, which is the, the town where my mother grew up. So there are many characters who enter one, one another's lives through the book. And the book is set on the beach um, one night. And I always imagine the reader as a visitor to Ville Rose who comes in um, and, and you encounter all these different people and learn more and more about them as the book goes along and your knowledge of them um, deepens. It's not a linear book. It sort of goes back and forth in time and you move um, across town through the, through the lives of these different characters. But um, I hope it's rewarding when the reader stays with it. And you feel like, I, I hope that was my intention, that the reader feels like a visitor to Villarose who... Um, might consider becoming a, a, a resident at some point. <laughs> One of the other principal characters in the story is the character of the sea, the importance of the sea. Talk a little about that, Edwish. Well, you know, being from an island, you know, you're surrounded by the sea. But the sea throughout literature has had such great metaphorical weight. But I think... On, a, on an island, on a, in a place like Haiti, it is both friend and foe. You know, it's um, it's both nourishing, uh, as it does for Claire's father, who has been a fisherman for most of his life. But it is also uh, a site of danger with hurricanes, and and the sea is a great place, I think, from which to uh, observe environmental changes. So you have these rogue waves that are becoming more and more. Frequent, and then you have the depletion of the of the oceans. So the seas are very uh, is a very powerful presence uh, in the book. But the sea also, you know, for for in the history of Haiti, certainly what is called the New World. You know, it, it is the thing that brought us to this part of the the world. You know, with through the Middle Passage. And in the and in recent Haitian history, you've had the return migration of people who try to leave the country by boat, and we don't know how many we have lost both ways through the through the Middle Passage and through these migrations that have actually been starting more and more recently. Again, of people leaving Haiti by boats through the United States or through other parts of the Caribbean. The sea presents almost a constant state of of danger in so many respects. Not only the danger of going out into it, as you're talking about, but but just the danger that nature poses to the island itself and to these communities. 
Yes, and and I think as um, the island becomes more environmentally vulnerable, it also becomes um, more of a danger. And the book was set, um, is set in 2009, uh, right before the the big earthquake that struck Haiti. And that was um, clearer when I started writing because I had the date there. And but um, so there are many things that are also happening in the town. Uh, you know, there are a whole species uh, of frogs die, and you have these rogue waves, and all of these things, which are supposed to be. Um, and through my research, said also that it, they were supposed to be um, signs of of a great disaster coming, and the people in the town put it that way. And they're supposed to be sort of bellwether signs of a. Of, of this this uh, earthquake or something worse coming. You mentioned earlier that, that radio plays a large part in this story, that in fact in, in your original notion was that, that radio would play an even larger part. Talk about how important that is to small communities like this. Well, radio in Haiti is huge because it becomes one of the ways that people get their information, their entertainment, and and sometimes in the most remote parts of the country, you could get radio, um, and it's a lifeline. When I visit, for example, my uh, mother-in-law now, who's, who's in the south of Haiti, we go with the family, and we realize sometimes for days we're not sure what's happening in the outside world, and we just we crank up the radio just to just to find out. And so it is it, it is so extremely important. And I've had very good and, and um, close friends who've worked on the radio who've tried to do um, God's work almost in terms of information and, and entertainment, but most importantly in, in terms of justice, of um, airing out and, and having conversations um, and it's so important that actually just um, uh, a day ago I, I, I was reading about uh, a host of a very popular uh, radio show called Ramassé where you know, people get together and talk about the issues of the day. And um, and he believes that there was an assassination attempt on his life because he had been um, critical of certain uh, sectors of the government. It almost becomes a form of justice unto itself, an opportunity to expose and explore those things that don't get exposed in, in that kind of environment. Absolutely, because there is, you know, especially for the the, the poorest of the poor, there's, there's really no way that you're going to take a powerful person to court and get justice for something that's been done to you. And so um, Louise George, who is the radio hostess in the book, sees this uh, show of hers called Dimoy, Tell Me, as a, a platform for justice, as a way of um, of airing, you know, the, the, the wrongs of the powerful and airing things that have been done to, to people who have no other recourse but to make something public and, um, and hope that in that way they will get justice um, in the court of public opinion, if you will. Edwige Dantecat, her new novel is Claire of the Sea Light. 
Edwige, I thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. We'll take a break. I'll be right back. <laughs> 